Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Who'd be upon it? Well, for some reason, me and my fellow presenters would. We made several predictions uh, at the beginning of the season, and uh, Scunthorpe and Peterborough are proving to be much better speedway teams than we are as predictors of form. But form, as the saying goes, is only temporary, and there is always a banana skin around the corner, if you don't mind me mixing my metaphors. Who would have picked Bellevue beating Peterborough at their place and Kingsland taking Sheffield to a last heat decider? Only in Speedway. Well, good evening and welcome to the Speedway Tavern. In the tavern tonight, we have old friend Matt Buck. I shouldn't call you old, old really, should I? He's probably well, isn't old, a bit younger than you. Shouldn't call you friend either, really, should I? <laughs> no, I know that, yeah. He's probably the baby, isn't he? <laughs> other than that, that statement was 100% accurate. Good evening. And Chris, I know nothing about Speedway. Webby, Brown. Thank you. Here we go. And uh, later on, we've got somebody special coming on the show. Would you like to tell everybody who we've got coming on, uh, Matt? We've got Jeff Davis from uh, South Coventry Speedway and Stocks. Should point, should men never forget mm-hmm. the Stocks as well, because they're obviously out of the out in the cold at Brandon as well. So um, quite good timing as well with the new application from Brandon Estates having gone in last week. So. Jeff will obviously bring us a little latest on that one. Up to date and hopefully uh, bring us a bit of hope. Mm-hmm. We could all, could all could do with a bit of hope yep. these days. Um, so before we get started on that, let's, uh, we've both seen a couple of Speedway matches this week. How did things go at Wolverhampton yesterday? Very good win. Um, <clears throat> really good crowd as well. The biggest crowd of the season, of course, uh, Freedom Day, as it was uh, billed. So that was perfect good, for Wolverhampton yeah, for it to be on that day. Yeah, good, yeah good, uh, very good crowd. Um, a good win as well. It wasn't, you know, Ipswich obviously came to Monmouth earlier in the season. We were absolutely battered, to be honest. So they, they got it close to this time, 14 points, although they were very reliant on their two reserves. Um, Drew Kemp and Paul Stark, who scored 19 of their 38 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a good win for Wolves to take Wolves top of the table uh, for the first time this season. Obviously, with Peterborough losing at home against Bellevue, as you say. Uh, added to that, of course, the win last week at Bellevue, which was a complete surprise. I think only a couple of people on the uh, on the prediction group predicted uh, Wolves to win there. I certainly wasn't one of them. So yeah, there's a lot of red in that. Uh... Absolutely, yeah. So it was, uh, yeah. So a good, good few days for for Wolves, and I think you know, I think probably the the biggest bonus really was the size of the crowd, to be honest, which mm. has been much needed and. Fingers crossed that will be replicated tomorrow at Perry Bar and uh, tracks around the absolutely the, around yeah. the the, the um, what are we in country? Yeah, <laughs> <That's the word. laughs> it's yeah, be but one of those um, I, have to, I have to say though, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously been a speeder fan for so many years. I've seen so many great rides over the years, and Jason Crumb is, is absolutely right up there, and it's it's painful 
mm. watching Crumpy at the moment because he's been embarrassed by riders who no disrespect to them are nowhere near as good as, as he was in his prime. There's not many riders that were as Absolutely good as him. Absolutely, no. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's sad to say, you know, we'll see how he gets on in a few weeks at Perry Bar. I think Perry Bar's probably a track that will Mm-hmm. Um, suit him. I think he's got a hundred percent record at Pedibor as well, hasn't he? Because he won yeah. that ELRC in it's the only time you read that. Yeah. yeah, so that'll be that'll be something to look forward to. I think seeing a, a three times world champion riding at uh, yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no tricks to Pedibor, is there? And, and uh, we should actually talk about um, last week's uh, match against Scunthorpe. First of all, what a team, what good team Scunthorpe are. They are a very good side. Um, it's, Especially yeah. with Adam Ellis now, I think. Mm, yeah, I mean, I I spoke to a couple of their riders before the meeting, and they they said that they they fancied the chances of, mm. of because so many people have been talking about the fact that they've been superb at home, mm. but not got any points on the road. I think they sense with Birmingham having so much uncertainty and having little track time at all at Perry Bar this season that there was an opportunity to go there and get the win. Mm. And I think really the meeting turned on on James Shandy's fall in heat number nine. Yeah, I would say so. That I think was... that really. Some some said Scunthorpe really just they were they were solid, weren't they? They were yeah. either picking up heat wins or they were packing in the minor placings, and they just basically snuffed Birmingham out. Yeah. So. Oh, hello! The sun's just been the lights have come on. Yeah. The lights are on, but nobody's yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think the writing was on the wall for Birmingham fairly early, and I think you could see yeah. the way it was going to go. But mm. talking about that, James Shane's for I mean, what a great pass he made. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was difficult conditions. It was very, it was very dusty. Although there was some very good racing, mm. to be honest. The track was, I would say, hundred percent better than it's yeah. ever, it's been for a long time. To be yeah, fair, yeah, absolutely. There was plenty of dirt on there. I yeah. mean, no fault. It, well, it did get dusty, but it's not, I mean, it was so hot. It was like this, wasn't it? Yeah. So it's and our mm. track just dries so quick anyway. Yeah. Big big prize as well for Jack Thomas. I thought he rode very very well, more than deserved mm. his spot in in Absolutely, like, give him a lot of confidence. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, a win for Scunthorpe. Uh, excuse me, I'm, going, I'm doing Sorry, a bit of maintenance our, our, our now. Our <laughs> producer's uh, just giving us a bit of a... There we go. Sorry, well... You won't be so hot then. <laughs> it is live, by the way, everyone, yeah. so it's not, uh, we don't plan this show. Yeah, have you ever thought what we planned it? That's, you've just been disavowed of that notion. Uh, um, yeah, uh, so, yeah, as I say, a, a good win for Scunthorpe. But perhaps um, not all bad news for Birmingham. I thought, you know, there was promising signs there. They were obviously rusty out of the gates. Mm-hmm. Um, Bomber looked good apart from out of the gates. Um, he was the only rider that really got close to Adam Ellis. He well, he beat him, him in, in the first. beat him yeah. in the first one. A good battle with him in his last day as well, didn't he? So. Yeah, Paco looked a little bit at sea uh, uh, during the meeting. Hopefully yeah. that will... I think people, one or two people were suggesting whether maybe Paco had been over-celebrating on, on Sunday and was still feeling <laughs> the effects of that. But uh, You had to bring it up, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, he was, he, was, he was really gutted at the end of that meeting, though. I mean, I, he was, you know, oh, yeah, was, I saw him. was on the floor, wasn't yeah, he? So. Yeah, I did see. So, you know, it's not for lack of trying. Um, but the big disappointment was one Mr Lawson. Yeah, I, I mean, I he, he came into that. I mean, he's been one of the form riders in the mm. championship, hasn't he? For yes. Eastbourne. Um, so I was expecting big things of him, but he never really got going, did he? No, I, don't, I don't know why. I, I mean, you know, we, I'm not for the riders don't come in trying not to ride because yeah. points mean money. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's very simple. Um, but he just, yeah, he just wasn't. There was no spark there at mm. all, was there? The one thing, I, the one thing I will say, even with all the the problems and the fact that there's been, they've had so 
little time together as a team. There clearly is a very good team spirit to mm. Birmingham, and I think that's going to stand them in good stead for the rest of the season. Well, I think we're going to need it for next Wednesday. Should we talk about Wednesday, or do you, or do you want to get on with uh, speaking to Jeff? I don't so know. What's it, uh, we're going to speak to him for another, about six minutes. Okay, okay, right. good. So, yeah, I mean, the good news, of course, is that we've just found out that um, we're allowed to take money on the gate. Yep. And so hopefully that will big up the crowd. What do you um, think the crowd was like on last Wednesday? I feared it was going to be worse than it was. Yeah. That's what I would say. I, yeah. I, I was worried that it was going to be worse than what, what it was. And come seven o'clock, I was thinking, ooh, oh dear. And then, as always happens at Perry Bar, everybody turns out at the last minute. Cause, you know, they seem to come out of the woodwork. You look up again and think, oh, that's better. Yeah. Um, so needs to be a good crowd. I think there, will, there should be a good crowd tomorrow. You know, it's going to be glorious weather again. Mm-hmm. Um, Kids are on holiday. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, it, it, well, get yourselves down there. They've got no excuse tomorrow. Um, and it's a tie that Birmingham are very much still in. So yeah, it's going to be it's, against all it's odds. Going to be an exciting <laughs> match. Um, yeah. For lots of reasons, there's a bit of uh, bit of needle there now. Um, yeah, I, to be to, to a point, I can understand why Redcar was so disappointed that they weren't given a buy. To be honest, because you know, one, there was no way Birmingham were going to come back at them in that first meeting. You know, Redcar were just too strong. Um, well, okay, I'm, go- I'm I'm going to point to two facts here. Mm-hmm. We came back from almost exactly that amount at Redcar. Yeah, in the same amount of heats. Mm-hmm. So to, for you to say that there was no way that we wouldn't, you can you can never say that. No, you can never say never. It didn't. It didn't look like it on the night. I must admit that. That's it, what I would say. No, it didn't look like it. But it didn't look like it on the night at Red Car either. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I'd say is rules is rules. They're there for a reason. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know. So sometimes it works against us. Sometimes it works for us. And at Birmingham, we've had it work against us more times mm. than than not. So. Um, I'm not apologising to anyone, and it makes for a great match anyway, and which is what it should all yeah. be about. Absolutely, yeah. So, so hopefully we'll see some good racing tomorrow. And, I, and I'm going to give my prediction on that one now, because obviously we'll be doing the predictions later. Uh, but I'm going to give you my prediction on that one now. Birmingham's going to win by two points, <laughs> <laughs> which would then obviously mean a race off. Yep. That Wouldn't that be... Uh, it would be interesting, yeah. Interesting. It would be fantastic to, mm. you know, great way for a hopefully a big crowd mm. to... To welcome Speedo back into Periboros. Are you dinging? Sorry, what for? <laughs> oh, sorry, yes. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, Dylan, Speedy Hodgetts, evening chaps, been looking forward to this since the last one a couple of weeks ago. Uh, somebody had a holiday, didn't they? Something. Can't yeah. Who it was. Yeah. Two of us did, didn't they? So yeah, they did, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one, one wasn't because of the show, didn't, didn't uh, get in the way of the show, though. That's nah. the only thing. Uh, great week to be a Wolves fan with a fantastic result at Bellevue last week and then smashing Ipswich. Ipswich last night. Not good seeing Crump looking such a shell of himself and seeing he's crashed again tonight and withdrawn. Shame yeah. to see. I think it might be worth him calling time on his career before he gets seriously injured. I didn't know that he'd crashed tonight. I, I didn't know that, no. Obviously, he's uh, riding yeah. at Plymouth, isn't he? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's pulled yeah. out of tonight's meeting at Plymouth, says Simon Corbett. Mm. Harris Road reserve last night for Peterborough, which must be a big plus for them, says Craig Smee. I don't imagine Chris enjoys this. <laughs> no, they're going, to, they're going to have a strong reserve throughout their season. They're all season. That Dave really surprised me. Yeah. Um, it 
it's that experience again, I guess. Um, and, and that will hopefully, for their point of view, when it comes to the business end of the season, show them in good stead. So well, we shall see. We shall see. Is there more? No, that's oh, we it. Don't, that's no, it. No, okay. No, yeah, yeah. If you've got anything to say, say it. How do they do it? Well, it's quite easy, isn't it? Uh, you can uh, you can follow us on Facebook. Uh, many of good many of the good groups, speedway groups, and pages. Uh, you can also follow us on YouTube, on our own channel, and on on the Twitter account, which is also our own Twitter account. So just search for UK Speedway Tavern. There you go. It was simple. Yeah. So simple you could say it. It's got to be simple. <laughs> <I'd say>. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. So. Um, we're going to be talking to Jeff Davis in about three minutes, I believe. Yep. Um, and for those of you that don't know who Jeff is, um, he's the leader. Is that would be that? I think he's on official leader, to be honest. I okay. think it's obviously a team event, but I mean, for, for Jeff at the moment, I think this is a full time job for him. So, of the Save Coventry Speedway um, yep. team, uh, and they've just been. Uh, I mean, they've just put in a bid for the stadium, haven't they? They have, and of course, Brandon Estates have reacted by uh, putting their own second application, application I think. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we'll be talking to Jeff about that. And we've got this, um, can you see it? Yep. Which is a very interesting document. It's very well put together. Mm. Very, very well put together. Yeah, no, no stone has been unturned in, in mm. putting this together, to be honest, so... So yeah, it's, uh, it's well worth. It. If you, you can get it on the, if you go onto the Save Coventry Speedway website, you can download the newsletter on there. But trust me, it's, it's well worth reading. It is worth reading, uh, particularly the so one was the stadium sold, but we won't go into that just at the moment. No, nope. um, we'll get Jeff, who knows a lot more about it than we do, obviously. Um, there was a. a Two, well, two Grand Prix over the weekend. Yes, unfortunately, I haven't seen either of them. Neither have I. So, uh, <laughs> if anybody did, let us know what you thought. Oh. Simon Corbett's just asked, what did you chaps think of the GPs over the weekend? I think I forgot they was on. <laughs> I was away, truth. so unfortunately I couldn't see them, but uh, Magic Yanoski and Arsene McGirt obviously won both, mm -hmm. won the two GPs. Um, I mean, Magic Yanoski, I think he's only dropped about five points in Poland all season. He's yeah. absolutely flying. It's getting the to the point now where it's just Poland, 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 mm, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there's, where's the next challenge going to come from? Well, it doesn't, you know, the, the, the big thing for me, Sweden, that seems to have completely dropped off the scale completely. Mm. There's nobody coming through in Sweden at all now. No, no. And yet they've got a fa you know, fairly good mm. league Ed, system. Yeah, with, fairly with good pedigree with in the sport as well. Denmark, they, they obviously promised a lot but haven't really kicked on. No. Strict th thinking about it, probably we've got the best Pol youngsters after Poland at the moment, but a long, long way short of... Uh, We've had a couple Poland of good or, yeah. um, results, haven't we, in the under-21s and so on. Yeah. And, oh, and we also mentioned the uh, GB team for yeah. qualifying. great for result the, in Hungary. So. Um, oh, oh, is that just to tell us you're back? Yeah, yeah. Back, yeah, yeah. We didn't want to know that. Hopefully it's on the line. <laughs> didn't know oh, you'd okay. gone, so. <laughs> so, I, over to you, Matt. Well, we should now be joined on the line by Jeff Davis. Are you there, Jeff? I am indeed, Matt, yes. Thank you very much. It's good that the technology's working, isn't it? <laughs> it is, yes. <laughs> right, well, um, let's start off right as we are at the moment, Jeff, because um, Brandon Estates have put a new application in for to redevelop Brandon Stadium. Um, first of all, your reaction to that, please? Well, uh, it, it isn't a new one, actually. It's a revised one. Right. So the, 
the previous one submitted three and a half years ago still stands, but they've revised it. Um, and what what you can see is that uh, whereas their first application uh, was to build 137 houses, uh, was ridiculed and um, effectively uh, killed off when an independent consultant appointed by um, Rugby Council uh, looked into their claims and our counterclaims. Uh, he 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 came down on our side effectively, and um, he said that they had not met the criteria, the planning criteria which they were aiming for. So uh, that uh, was really um, a, a, a real heavy blow for them. So I'm not sure whether you whether you know, Matt, but to build on Brandon Stadium or any other stadium, uh, developers have to satisfy one of three criteria. They either have to prove that the, in this case, the stadium was surplus to requirements. And that is a route they initially went down, trying to prove it was surplus to requirements. And that's uh, that's the one they failed on. The consultant has, has um, concluded that they failed to make that case. So the other two criteria that they could attempt to satisfy is the second one is that they build a replacement stadium somewhere else, which they're not interested in doing, obviously, because of the cost. Um which leaves the third criteria, uh, and that criteria is that the, stadium, the sorry developments for other sporting facilities which compensate for the loss. So what they're now doing with this revised application submitted just a week ago, they're trying to uh, go for that planning criteria by including in their plans to build houses a full-size 3G floodlit football pitch on the car park um, in addition of course to the houses and, and that's that's their aim now to try and make the case that that complies with the the uh, planning guidelines and also that it compensates for the loss of what was there so what it really amounts to Matt is it is a what we believe is a is a, um, uh, a you know it's a desperate attempt to get round the planning laws. Frankly, mm. you know they failed to satisfy the planning laws uh, in their first time round, so they're going round the back door and trying to come in with this one. And um, I'm sure you can imagine that we, and I say we, the campaign group. Um, we're now scrutinising the planning application as we did with the first one. We're going through it line by line. Um, we're highlighting all the, what we'll loosely term, errors and untruths in the documents. And we will submit our response to that document within the consultation period. Um, and then, then uh, eventually we'll go to the planning committee and they will make a decision to either approve or reject the application. Now, I think the in the original, um, also the, the the original application, of course, the the pursuit, the um, narrative that they set out to pursue, I think, was that um, 
as a speedway stadium, it wasn't viable. Now it's it's interesting that they, whenever they talk about it not being viable, they only refer to it as a speedway stadium. They don't mention the stocks because <laughs> clearly yeah. the stocks obviously is the more lucrative for getting a crowd. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly right. They make you know they try to avoid references to um, to stock car racing, uh, and we don't dispute the fact that the stadium as a speedway stadium alone would not be viable. Um, it's quite a big stadium, as you know, uh, 20, I think it's about 26 acres. Um, and if it only ran Speedway, then it would not be viable. No, no, no doubt about that. But since 1954, Matt, it's run Speedway and Stock Car every year since 1954. And as you rightly said, <clears throat> the running cost for stock cars is uh, far lower than that of Speedway. And uh, stock cars have effectively, for all those years, subsidised Speedway and made the stadium viable. So, um, and the the other thing about viability, uh, you know, it's really, really distasteful when you read in their planning application that it's not possible to reinstate the stadium because it would cost too much, you know, it costs X million pounds to reinstate it because it's been so badly vandalised. Well, we don't dispute that it's badly vandalised. What sticks in the throat is that it is them, the developers, that have enabled our stadium to be vandalised uh, into the state it's in today. And it's shocking indictment on, on those uh, the owners of the land. And, uh, and, of course, they're being taken to court by Rugby Council. So I'm not sure whether you know, but... Um, when they first took over the stadium at the start of 2017, um, the stadium was fine, and even the independent consultant concluded that the stadium was in good shape. There was no need for excessive um, monies to be spent on it, only normal annual maintenance. So it was in a good condition. For, for a speedway stadium, motorsport stadium, we know they don't compare to football stadiums, but for a, for a motorsport stadium, it was a good stadium um and since then or or in that first year 2017 when they took over by september of that year there had been three incursions by gypsies uh, the first one in june and then another one july another one september and at that point rugby council served a warning notice on the developers to tidy up the site and make it secure they gave them one week to do that, and they failed. So they were served with something called a community protection notice, which, as the name suggests, you know, um, is to protect the local residents from all the um, hassle and inconvenience caused by the gypsies and other people going onto the site. Um, and that was served in September. Instead of accepting that, they decided to appeal it in court. So it then went to court five months later, during which time there was two further gypsy incursions. Um, and uh, and then when it went to court, and I was there when it uh, went to court in, an, in February 2018, they settled out of court and paid the council's costs. Yeah. So that uh, community protection notice was, was in effect um, from that date onward. But because of everything that's happened since then, 
and the the continued um, number of people going in there and smashing that stadium up, it's shocking. Um, then the council served, uh, and by the way, there's been a number of fires, serious fires at the stadium, the grandstand at one end, the restaurant end. Um, and every day of the week, people are going in that stadium and causing damage. Every window in the stadium is smashed. Every door is ripped off its hinges. You know, it's it's truly shocking and heartbreaking to see. So um, the council served another notice on them for breaches of that community protection notice. And now that's gone through process. It's been a long process because of COVID, delayed you know, by the courts because of COVID. But now a date has been set for the trial and that's the 11th of October this year. So later this year, Brandon Estates will be in court on trial for breaching a community protection notice. I'm not sure whether you've, you're obviously aware of our show, Jeff, but we do have questions put on our shout box. Chris, have we got any questions for Jeff that have come on yet? Yeah, here's one for Jeff from uh, from Brian. Uh, Brian Book. He says, uh, can Jeff confirm the objections lodged against Brandon Estate's original application will be carried forward to the latest one? This doesn't seem to be the case with Rye House, where the first application produced over 1,900 comments, but the latest one has only received 247 objections. Right. Uh, it's a good, That's a very good question. I, I'm assured by the planning officer that objections raised first time around three and a half years ago uh, will carry through um, and there was 1800 people sent in letters of either emails or letters of objection from all around the country and, and indeed you know from other parts of the world um, so they tell us that they will count however what we will be doing is asking people to submit their objections again because effectively this is a this is a we believe it's you know although it's an amendment it's um they're, they're, they're having another go and we want people to object to their current proposals so we will be making a call in the next few weeks when the um as the consultation period um kicks in for people to once again make objections assuming they do object of course make objections to the current proposals mm. uh, there's another question as well um if I, i'll just get this one in uh jeff i followed your campaign campaign right for a long time as a bellevue and speedway supporter the sports is a historic club like coventry back i admire the group for what they've done and i really think you have a good amount of support against brandon estates how confident are you with plans and getting success in the court case or do you think their new plans might scupper it? Well, <clears throat> you can never be confident because you never really know uh, what, you know, a planning committee might um, decide. You know, in the end, it will be 12 councillors who make the decision. Now, we hope that they will make the decision based on the uh, planning criteria Um that, you know, they may well set aside any emotional arguments about the stadium and um, and that sort of thing. And and, and they base it purely and simply on the, um, the merits of the planning application. But we believe, we believe that they, they 
they will not um, comply with the planning guidelines. You know, how can they possibly try and justify that the inclusion of a football pitch mm-hmm. um, will compensate for the loss of uh, uh, speedway and stock car racing? Um, and uh, there are other issues that we will be... Yeah, we don't, don't want to give too much away at the moment. As I say, we're going through the the planning application and we're picking out some key elements that we will raise objections against. So um, I wouldn't use the word confident, but I would use the the word optimistic. We're optimistic that um, the planning application will be refused. And we're also optimistic that the case when it goes to court they will be found guilty of breaching the community protection notice and you know in the end in the end whatever a court may decide I think you know most people would agree with me most right-minded people if they saw that stadium on December the 31st 2016 the day before the current owners took possession and they saw that stadium today, the court of public opinion would be in no doubt, you know, they have failed miserably to secure that stadium. And we believe, we believe, and I have to be careful how I say that, we believe that that was a deliberate tactic of theirs to leave the stadium um, open for it to be um, damaged. Uh, and, and use the cost of reinstatement as justification for saying it, it can't ever be reinstated. So we hope um, they'll be found guilty. We think the evidence is overwhelming. But again, you never you can never really tell. So uh, we'll see. On uh, I think the, the court case is scheduled to last for four days, so it's going to be quite a lengthy um, case. So, with regards to the, as I say, the condition of the stadium uh, and, and the site, Jeff. Of course, um, you've, you've mentioned about the fact that people are going into the stadium now. I think the group have, have, have made it quite clear in the past that that is not helping anybody because people who live in the area they're seeing people going into the stadium. They're more automatically assuming the worst that they're going to go in there and, and do damage. I mean, maybe the majority of people are, are going in there just to go and have a look and see what it looks like, but. I mean, I think there was that, that photo a few months ago of um, two people walking along the roof of the of the, of the grandstand, which really shows how how precarious it is. Because I would imagine that parts of Brandon now must be pretty unsafe, having not been used for, for over five years. Well, exactly. Um, yeah, we we we've always discouraged people from going in. We've made public pleas for people not to go into the stadium. They're not helping our cause at all. Um, much of the damage, of course, was done by gypsies on six separate occasions. Gypsies have been there and they stripped the stadium of uh, anything of value. Um, and uh, they they also did a lot of damage, you know, like smashing windows and, and doors and so on. But um, it's kids go in there every day. And, I, you know, I, I dread it with summer holidays coming up now. They're breaking up, I think, tomorrow from school. And uh, there'll be kids going in there every day, every day going in there because it's not secure. I've, I've been to the stadium tonight. So I've, I've only got back 15 minutes before you rang me. Uh, I go to the stadium. I was there yesterday. I go to the stadium at least three times a week 
and I take pictures of everything that goes on at the stadium. Mm-hmm. I don't go in. I don't go inside the stadium, or very rarely. Um, but I, I record all, all everything that's happening around the perimeter of the stadium, and um, you know, there's there there are openings in the perimeter of the stadium that have been wide open for weeks and weeks on end. So it, it's shocking. Yeah, it sounds heartbreaking. I mean, even as a Bromley supporter, nobody wants. <laughs> no, nobody wants. Well, yeah, but you understand yeah, that, of course. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah, nobody yeah, wants to see that. I mean, I, I can well remember the, the damage that was done to <clears throat> Dudley Wood after it was. Um, after, of course, it was vacated by Crowley at the end of of '95. But to be honest, Brandon probably looks in a worse state than Dudley Wood ever was. Because I suppose literally because there's there's more. There was, there's more there's structure more to damage, at, uh, more to damage at, at Brandon, but there is of course an offer on the table to buy uh, the stadium and, and um, convert it to back to being a, a sports stadium. I think it, the, I think the gentleman's name is Warren Hunt. Is it, Jeff? It is. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. So um, Warren Hunter made inquiries in 2017 and again in 2018, and um, the developers, the owners, in their planning their original planning application uh, made a statement that um, whilst a number of people had inquired about the stadium, nobody, uh, none of them were credible, uh, basically. Well, you know, let me tell you, Warren Hunter, I, I obviously know him, we we speak and we're in contact, regular contact, even, even as recent as this last weekend. Warren Hunter runs a business um, he, he grows vegetables on 2,400 acres of land. Uh, he harvests those vegetables, processes them. He employs 520 people. They distribute them via their fleet of 66 refrigerated, articulated trucks to all major supermarkets, Tesco, Marks and Spencers. Um, and their turnover is £54 million a year. That man you know, is very, very credible, very yeah. credible. And for the the um, for the owners to dismiss uh, him as not being credible is, is ludicrous. Well, that's what they said in the first application. In their revised application, it won't surprise you to know that there is no mention whatsoever of the offer to buy the stadium. They don't even mention it. And yet, yeah. and yet, they they have not rejected his offer. They've neither accepted or rejected it. Um, so, um, but they haven't mentioned it in the planning application. Well, I believe Warren has actually been to Brandon. I think Brandon States did actually invite him, so they know that he's obviously he's interested. Um, do you think there was a an element of Brandon States hoping that when he saw the start of the stadium, that he might be put off? Yes, I mean that that that, that visit came about because yeah. we had a meeting with Brandon Estates. We, the campaign group, that is, had a meeting with Brandon Estates last March, uh, March 2020. And the reason they met us was because in the consultants, independent consultants' report, he suggested that uh, they should meet us to talk about. Um, they actually said to talk about a replacement stadium. So. The only reason they met us, frankly, is because it, the inspector, sorry, the independent consultant had, had recommended that. 
they wanted to tick that box. But during that meeting, we put a number of proposals to them. Um, and one of those was that they sell the stadium. You know, we said that uh, clearly, and they acknowledged that the, uh, they'd underestimated the opposition to redeveloping the stadium. And we said, clearly, this, you know, this is not going to be easy for you. It's not been easy. Um, you know, would you now consider selling the stadium for a sensible price? And they said, well, there's nobody interested. And, and you know, we nearly fell off our chairs. <laughs> and they, they, you know, I mentioned Warren Hunter. They said they didn't know of him, um, even though we put uh, emails from Warren Hunter um, in our uh, response to their planning application, which which proved that he had been in contact uh, with Brandon Estates and so on. So, you know, at the end of that meeting, we asked them um, as an action, would they be prepared to speak to Warren Hunter and gauge his interest and see if there was uh, uh, an opportunity to pursue it? Um, and they committed to do that. Um, they also committed to something else, which they didn't um, uh, pursue, to be honest, even though they committed to look at it. But anyway, as far as Warren Hunter is concerned, they agreed to make contact. We offered to facilitate a meeting with them, but they said they'd make contact. Months passed and nothing happened. Warren heard nothing from them, so we prompted them. And eventually they made a phone call to Warren. Uh, cut a long story short... Warren met them at the stadium uh, last May, May 2020, and he walked all around the stadium. Uh, it, it was in a shocking state, um, but uh, he phoned me uh, soon after he left the stadium and said that he was going to go away and think about it and uh, he'd make a decision uh, very soon. And a few days later, well, one week later, he sent in a formal uh, offer letter to the developers. Uh, he phoned me to tell me he'd formally sent in an offer. And I think it knocked them sideways, really, because, as you say, I think they were expecting him to see the condition of the stadium and say that he was no longer interested. But uh, he wasn't phased by what he saw. He's a very practical man. Um, you know, he's got the resources and, of course, we've got an army of people, an army of skilled tradesmen and women that have volunteered to give their time and skills freely. You know, so we're, we're absolutely certain, despite the condition of it, uh, that um, with Warren, if Warren was to, uh, if they were to accept his offer, then we could make it happen. No question of that. And there's good examples of what's happening now in uh, Oxford, with uh, Cowley being um, reinstated, they're doing a lot of work. You've probably seen yeah. mm -hmm. volunteers are doing work at the moment to tidy up the site. Another example is Oddsall, 20 mm. odd years after it's closed. Yeah. Yeah. It's now back up and running at the moment, just uh, running stock car events. But So it can be done, and we're absolutely confident that given the opportunity, we could bring that stadium back to life and bring it back to its former glory. Have we got any more questions? Come up, uh, uh, as you can imagine, there's quite a lot of support uh, for Coventry. Uh, I always love my trips to Brandon, supporting Wolves on their trips 
uh, to take on the bees, and I had the most enjoyable chicken burger and chips I've had at Speedway Track <laughs> I've ever had. <laughs> uh, I've seen videos of the stadium in recent months, and it's a crying shame to see it in such a state. Fingers crossed the correct decision is made in due course, and we can see racing return to one of the spiritual homes of British Speedway. And that's from Dylan Spuddy Hodgetts. Well, Dylan, I, I sincerely hope you're right, because there's nothing I'd love more to, to see than... The bees beating the walls again. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's all about. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, just, just one, one last question. Um, if you, if you, if you get the go-ahead by compulsory purchase to take over the stadium, what time frame do you think it would be to bring it back to life to host Speedway and Stock? Says Craig. Well, um, first of all, compulsory purchases is sort of fraught with difficulties, I think. So I'm not sure it would be a compulsory purchase. Mm. Uh, But, um, you know, if if there was a a go-ahead, you know, in the coming months, being, you know, absolutely honest, you you wouldn't get it running for for next year. Mm -hmm. What you might be able to do is to stage some events next year, possibly, you know, run some, stock car events in daylight um, or run some, you know, the old challenge match, speedway challenge match, um, whilst the stadium was progressively being reinstated. So, you know, you've got to make the stadium safe for a start. You've got to restore the electricity and the utilities. Um, There's a lot of work to do. And what what you might initially do is to cordon off the main grandstand uh, and try and utilise the, the the two bends in the back straight, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but to to actually enter a team in into uh, you know one of the leagues, as you know, you've got to sort of declare that around October time uh, to run the following season, October November, in time for the annual conference, and and clearly that won't happen. So, it wouldn't happen next year. Team, team racing but if there was a change of heart by the owners and they sold it to Warren um, there's a possibility there could be some events next year but but not league racing mm. yeah. just, to, just to finish off Jeff on a, on a positive note of course um, as we know an alternative planning application has been put together could you just tell us a little bit about that please well yes um, I'll tell you the reason why we did that um, it's been two years since that independent consultant issued his report. And for two years, the owners, the developers have been saying they're working on a new application, you know, they hope to submit it very soon, etc. And it's been dragging on and on and on with absolutely nothing coming forward. So we thought we will submit our own application and we will... Um, explain in that vision what we envisage the uh, um, the stadium would look like um, if we would be to be successful to get it back and it would of course be reinstated for speedway stock car you don't need planning permission to do that because it's it's been a speedway and stock car stadium for nearly 100 years but what you do need planning permission for is to change the use of some of the buildings. So in our proposals, we put forward, for example, the bar beneath the grandstand would be converted to 
uh, a gymnasium. The one of the large hangars at the front of the site would be made into a museum, Speedway and Stock Car Museum. The large dog kennel building, when they used to run dog racing there, would become a new bar area and cafe, uh, like a clubhouse type of thing. Um, the centre of the track, which as you probably know is, is tarmacked, um, much of that would be replaced by or with a surface suitable for equine events, horse jumping, that sort of thing. Um, and you'd still leave runoff areas for stock cars, but you know a large part of it would become an equine surface. The dog track would become um, resurfaced to become a cycle track. And there'd be um, cycle tracks around the, uh, the sites, around the car park and so on. And there'd be cycle um, proficiency and cycle maintenance, those sort of activities. Mm -hmm. So, and we, what we did last month was to distribute a newsletter, a 12 page newsletter, a very nicely printed newsletter to 1000 homes around Brandon and Bindley Woods, uh, all around the stadium to make people aware. He gave them a, a, an oversight of um, overview, I should say, of what had gone on in the last four and a half years and our proposals moving forward, our vision for the stadium. We've actually prepared the um, planning application. It's pretty much finished, but what we wanted to do, and it's very well written, I might add, uh, even though I say it myself, because one of our <laughs> committee members is uh, is a consultant town planner. But um, what we what we've done is to distribute that um, newsletter as a form of um, community involvement, a consultation, and we've invited the community to say, you know, what they think of the proposals and what else they would like to see there. We wanted to make it the hub of the local community you know everybody who lives in brandon village has moved there since that stadium the stadium's nearly 100 years old there's nobody anywhere around the stadium that's that's uh, has been there longer than the stadium and you know we wanted to make it um a community hub and there's been some really good ideas come forward which we will eventually include within our, our planning application now you know, whether it's coincidence, people will make their own mind up. But the fact that we uh, distributed that newsletter and made the uh, council aware of our intention to uh, submit an application. Um, we also had to notify the owners of the land, Brandon Estates, that we intend to submit an application. We have to give 21 days notice. We did that. Now, whether it's a coincidence that soon after we did that they've submitted their revised planning application people can make their own judgment but um we now need to concentrate because they've submitted that application we need to concentrate on uh scrutinizing that and, and coming up with our response to that um so uh our application will will sit there we, we're almost ready to submit it but we need to concentrate on the um response to the developer's application first. Well, of course, I think on behalf of every Spurder fan, Jeff, I think everybody wishes Coventry all the best. It would be fantastic to have the Bays back. 
Jeff, thanks so much for giving us your time, and we really appreciate it. And it's as I say, we've got your um, the newsletter in front of us. It's really well put together, and I say I think every every Spurder fan is, is rooting for you, mate. And can I just okay. ask uh, Jeff that uh, if, when and if you have some news, uh, could you come back on the show and let us know? We will indeed. Yes, Brilliant. we'll uh, we'll come back. And let you know. Um, yeah. Maybe what we'll do is if if um, it's fits with your uh, time frame when we've completed our uh, response to the planning application um which will which will need to be within the next three or four weeks yeah we can come back and we can tell people exactly uh what our comments are what our objections are um what points we're going to raise uh regarding the application so um and invite people to uh to submit their own response right i mean i think i'm i think i'm saying for everybody you can come on here whenever you like Matt. Yep. <laughs> that's <laughs> um, great we're all that's we're all we're all rooting for you yeah. but that's really good to hear so yeah. thanks thanks, thanks jeff thanks jeff thank you thank you bye-bye that was that was very enlightening wasn't it, it was, was uh, it? it was yeah, so, yeah. yeah um, and, uh, and i have to say you know i mean he talks very professionally and is the right man for the yeah, job absolutely yeah absolutely yeah now I think you've got some uh, fixtures that I think you've been well, we've furiously got, writing down. Yeah, I have. So. Yeah, we've got. Uh, are we going to have time? Well, I don't I think. I don't want to ruin it by rushing it because we could always do it on the Facebook page. Right. Let me just say this: there are fifteen fixtures, so we probably yeah. haven't got enough time. No, but no. what I was what I was going to suggest is that we do live on air, get everybody's uh, predictions for tomorrow's matches. Yep. which then we can get the rest of the fixtures up on the website and it yep. gives people an extra bit of time to get yeah. that to get the okay yep. the results for those mm-hmm. so there are two matches uh, happening tomorrow brum versus red car and as is traditional matt you can go first be careful what you say i'm going to go 43 47 red car Okay. I think it will. I think it'll be close. I think Birmingham will run a lot closer than they would in the than they did in the the original. I've got to hope so. <laughs> <laughs> we might not be talking after tomorrow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll go Brummies by. Really? Yeah. Really? I would love that. I think it's going to be Birmingham by two. I just it just it's got that it's feel about the stars, it. Isn't it yeah. so. <laughs> it's got that feel about it. Yeah. Uh, we've got a few coming up. Simon Corbett red car by four. I used to like him. Craig Smee <laughs> red car win. <laughs> by four yeah. I never liked him um, <laughs> uh, yeah and Dylan Spuddy Hodgett says red car by six forty-two forty-eight. <laughs> oh god I love, I'm going to love to love to prove you you guys wrong I hope we do I hope we do well you're ready tomorrow are you uh, well, I, feel, <laughs> I, I could no I'm not going to say that I was going to say something really stupid like I, could, not, I couldn't have done like any you. worse than, than, than anyone um <laughs> Not going to go there. Uh, Paul versus Plymouth. Both of these knockout cup matches, by the way. So that's down to you. Paul, Paul versus, versus Plymouth. I'll go for a Paul win. 50-40. So 10-point win. Yeah. I'm going to go for 18-point win to Paul. Yeah, I'm going to go for Paul by 16. Obviously, they're probably, you know, it's possible. We don't, we don't know the full story yet, but mm. of course, Plymouth might not have Crumby, so... No, no, that, that, that's so. true. That might might strengthen them. Yeah, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> when has that ever been said before? About Jason Crumbs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dylan Spuddy Hodgett says a lot will depend on Redcar's guest for Jenkins. Not sorry if they've announced who they've got in yet, but a lot could depend on that. Mm. Simon Corbett says Paul by twenty. Paul to win by sixteen says Spuddy. Depends who Plymouth get in for Crump. So there you go. Yep. It feels like quite a sad show in a, in a way, 
talking about Coventry and hearing about the state of the track. I mean, I'm sure we've all seen the pictures, yeah. but the fact that it's just an ongoing thing that even to this day, they haven't put the, the required security to look after. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But you know. the bottom line is, you know, as I think as Jeff himself has said many times, you know, it's it's been vandalised, it's been burnt, but it's still there. It's and while still it's still there. here, there's still hope. Mm, I mean, absolutely. we've seen, what's, as I say, Jeff mentioned about what's going on at, um, at Oxford. I mean, Oxford's not been used since... 2012, so it's been out of use longer than Brandon has, mm. but Oxford is arguably in a better condition. I mean, it hasn't, it does, it's a series of avoided all the fires and all the break ins that, that Brandon, unfortunately, is. Mm. And it's worth reiterating as well what, what Jeff said about, about people, please do not try and go into the stadium because it's, it's not. It's not doing the campaign any favours, people no, doing that. It's, it's not a tourist attraction. It's not, you know, it's. Um, yeah, um, but I mean, although it has been sad from that point of view, there is cause for optimism. Yeah. Obviously, with what's going on with Oxford, I mean, that's. I mean, perhaps we might have a chat with that with those guys yeah. uh, in the future. Um, you know, and I, 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 I feel for all the Coventry supporters. I know what they're going through. Absolutely, yeah. Um, we were we were away as Birmingham for them from the sport, as many of you know, for twenty plus years, whatever it was. I never thought we'd see yeah. Speedway back in Birmingham. But yeah, but I mean, it's on, it, you know, years ago, the thought of having no Speedway in Coventry was unthinkable, mm. wasn't it? Because it, it's, it is, you know, they are one of the, one of the giants it's of the iconic, sport. It's, it's iconic. iconic. It's, you know, it's yeah. the yeah. proper use of the word iconic. Yeah, and, and, and it does, I mean, the, looking at the, looking at the same, I mean, the, some of the, the artist's image of some of the plans they've got, I mean, mm. it, it's potentially that it would rival Bellevue. Yeah, and I mean, that, I would I would suggest to people to get onto it and have a look at it. Yeah, because it's it, it, it is brilliant. It's got, go on the um, South Coventry Speedway website and it is on. The, there's a link yeah. on there for the newsletter. And yeah. trust me, it's it's well worth reading. It's really well put together. It's www.savecoventryspeedway.com. Yep, and of course, so, I'm sure in time we'll be in. We'll be able to give you the details as to how you can uh, support the bid. Absolutely, yeah. um, and reject and uh, object to the. Uh, the one that uh, the developers have put in as well. Yeah. Which I'm sure Shall I don't I? think anybody will, will need uh, encouraging <laughs> no, to do no, that, to be no. honest. Uh, thanks for the kind uh, words, Spuddy. Uh, he says, yep. thanks again for a great show. Uh, I'm not sure how you sat there not melting in this crazy uh, heat. So we've been true heroes. We've not once mentioned our hot days, have we? No, we haven't. Uh, well, not on air anyway. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it it's, is. It's so hot. It is, it is hot, yeah, yes. Hot. So, um, That's why we've got the lights off, really, because it's just too hot. It's too hot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but thank you uh, for that. Um, I guess we call it a day now. Um, yeah. we, will put yeah. the fix- we will put the rest of the fixtures up on the... Uh, on the group chat as well. Yeah, so. and gives you a day to think about your predictions. Good luck to everybody. Good luck to everybody's team. And unless they're riding against Birmingham. Um, take care, everybody. Bye-bye. And don't you know what have you seen?